Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, January 5th, the Banning Bad Words edition. I'm Zach Rosen. I make the Best Advice Show podcast. I'm the father to Noah, who's five, and Ami, who's two, and we live in Detroit. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's eight, and Teddy, who's six. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who's nine and three quarters, and we live in Los Angeles. We're so glad to be back with you all. We've had a bit of time to rack up some good triumphs and fails, which we'll catch up on first. Then we've got a good question about bad words. Finally, if you're sticking around for Slate Plus, we're going to be comparing notes about how we kept the kids busy over break to see if there's any gems or strategies to remember for next time. Here's what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. Can we just talk about how long these breaks are, though? Like So long. Three weeks is a really long time for any family to have to figure out childcare. You know, like if Mm -hmm. folks work in offices, you know, have deadlines and things that can't be moved. Like, I don't know. I I know that teachers deserve three weeks off, but oh boy. Okay, we're going to catch up on our week in parenting but not before a quick break. See you back here in a second. All right, uh, Jamila, how are we going to start this year off? Triumph or fail? Well, I just racked up a fail in real time. My co-host got to see it. <laughs> so we record at 10 a.m. my time, and at 9.54, Naima informed me that she wanted a second breakfast, of course. So I go to make her some instant oatmeal. We have two packets left. She can eat two packets usually, sometimes, but sometimes she won't. you know. But I generally, if I'm making her a bowl in the morning, I'll make two, and there might be a little leftover. Maybe I'll eat it. Maybe I'll save it for the next day. Um, but I was like, oh, well, she's already eaten this morning. I don't think she's, you know, that hungry. And I don't want to waste this since it's the last pack of oatmeal. So I just made her one packet. And right when we got ready to record, she came in here and she says, where's the rest of the oatmeal? This is such a tiny amount. I should note that Naima traveled with her dad over the break for a week. She just got back from Egypt. Very cool for her. Um, cool. So we haven't we haven't spent time together in a week. So I'm just kicking off my parenting (laughs) with failure. Like I've already forgotten who she is in just a week. Let me ask, do you think she can make her own instant oatmeal yet? You know, I was thinking about that. I noticed when I was, I went to Chicago for um, the holiday and I spent time with my sister and her family and my nephew, who's the same age as Naima, a couple months older, cooks more than she does. You know, he can make his own egg sandwich in the morning. And I was like, wow, you know, I got to get Naima cooks with me, but it's usually like mm-hmm. a, we're making macaroni, we're baking a cake, you know? Yeah. And so I think she's capable. You know, I think there's also a little mommy magic that goes into my oatmeal. Um, Like the same way my mother's oatmeal was always really good. Like even with it being Mm -hmm. instant, I always add a little razzle dazzle. Like today I made it with eggnog. So I don't know that her oatmeal will be as good. Wait, eggnog instead of water or just in addition to? Half water, half eggnog. Nice. Eggnog is such a clutch. Oh my gosh. Like, I almost want to recommend <laughs> eggnog this week because I've I've noticed that usually I buy it and when we do buy it, like I'll have a cup and like it just it goes bad. It doesn't, you know, get finished up. And this time around, I've been like putting it in my coffee and sneaking it into recipes. And I have to say it's very useful. Amazing. 
Yeah. But I do think that to answer your question, it is about time to at least maybe let her try. Like she could mm-hmm. make the second bowl. Maybe. Right. If, the, if one's not enough. If one's not enough. Don't, that's you, a good don't idea. you feel like, though, this is what kids do. They make liars out of us, right? Like if you, I mean, you said this before. I'm just repeating what you said off air. If you had made her two, it would have been too much. It would have been too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we weren't recording today, she wouldn't have asked you for another. <laughs> Right. Probably but not. the allure of you on the computer already talking to us, it's like when you get on the phone and your children who haven't spoken to you all day, all That's of right. a sudden, all need you. Even though two minutes before you went and said, I'm about to have a phone call. Does anyone need anything? Nope. Nope. They don't want anything to do with you. Then all of a sudden, this is the moment. <laughs> this is the moment. These could all be lyrics to the new <laughs> Alanis Morissette version of Ironic Parenting Edition. Parenting Edition. <laughs> Where things it's are like still not bowl. ironic. Yeah. <laughs> no. just, that not, just do I annoying. still not understand just irony? annoying. <laughs> it's like one bowl of oatmeal when your child wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, though, back to, um, to Naima making oatmeal. That Oatmeal is the oatmeal requires boiling water. So maybe that isn't like the safest. You put it in the microwave. On, on her I own. put it in the microwave. Oh, microwave. Or yeah. they right. can boil it in the kettle. Mm-hmm. I should get a maybe kettle. 2023 will be the year of. Making her own breakfast. Yeah, I think it's time for that. She should be a little bit more independent, less princess. It's time. For the second bowl, I'm all about, listen, everything tastes better when someone else has made it. That is yeah. why we all go to Starbucks. Especially right? your parents. Yeah. Well, regardless, eggnog oatmeal is going in the yeah. mom and dad Mom and dad cookbook. cookbook. Yep. Uh, what about you, Elizabeth? What, uh, what's been going on in your wild world? Okay, so I am taking a fail... Um, we had my family in town for like, I don't know, 12 days or something over Christmas. Um, my parents came in first then my sister had a great time, but we're like at home. I mean, we went out and did things, but we were at home. And I think the day before Christmas, Jeff was browsing online and was like, Hey, there's really cheap flights to Vegas. If we fly on New Year's day, do you want to fly on New Year's day to Vegas with the kids? And I was like, Hmm. Okay, that sounds that sounds great. Let's go to Vegas with the kids. Um, the plan was to go like to hit some of the national parks, but we wanted to get the cheap flight on New Year's Day and then the cheap flight home because I have we have tickets to the symphony on Sunday. So like our trip was kind of already set. And because we're recording today, I wanted to make sure that we were like in a hotel, not out in the wilderness. So we mm-hmm. ended up on basically being like in Las Vegas proper for three full days. To just really wrap up where the fail comes from, Henry exclaimed yesterday in the car, by taking me here, you have ruined my childhood. Um, (laughs) There's just, you know, my kids are all kind of like sensory. There's a lot of sensory stuff going on. So we took them out on, on the strip at night to like see the fountains and the volcano. And there's just, there's a lot of people. They're all partying and rowdy and as you do in vegas (laughs) there are people handing out cards with semi-naked women on them everyone is smoking Mm -hmm. these are all things that my children hate oliver is double masking because he doesn't like the smell of anything here henry is like terrified nevada is also like a uh open carry. you can of course be permitted to open carry so there's lots of people that have like we can visibly see guns which he doesn't oh my gosh you know, like, so I feel like, I mean, on one hand, I feel like success, 
my kids are appropriately terrified of certain things. Yeah. Um, and and they're having, you know, when we kind of broke it down, like, hey, but didn't you like seeing the fountains? Yeah, we took them. There's a meow wolf here, which is like a interactive, immersive art experience. And this one is like this grocery store and you get to go through the shelves into all these different worlds. They thought that was like amazing. We took them last night to like a medieval times type show, which somehow we had never taken our kids to, but they have one here in, in Excalibur casino, which looks like a castle. And then you go in and people are like jousting and <laughs> fighting each other. And mm-hmm. each section is rooting for a different country or King. Well, we ended up in the section of the King that cheats. It's not that there's also like a villain of the show. We were not in that, but our guy cheated on every event and that upset the children. <laughs> you know, like, how could you put us like in this performatively <laughs> cheating? Like, we're supposed to notice like that? He's like, supposed like, to be the cheating? cheater. He's supposed to be the cheater. Uh-huh. But our kids were like, how could you seat us in this section? All, none of these other kings are cheating. <laughs> like, we didn't, clearly we didn't read enough because we planned this trip, like, you know, five days ago. Um, so, yes, they are... They are largely not happy with us. We are, like, we're pretty much done with the strip part of the trip. We're headed into the wilderness where it's freezing and we'll trudge through snow and they'll be mad at me about that. But yes, I have I have terrified them all by taking them to Disneyland for adults. You've ended their childhood. I have. I'm just perpetually impressed by the travel bug that lives mm-hmm. within you all. Like, you all travel so much, but Jeff was like, we should travel more at the last minute. <laughs> yeah. It's kind I of incredible. We, we are restless souls, I think, is really the problem. Now your kids know what escorts are. <laughs> yes, yes. When we were like, do not take anything from anyone who hands it to you on this trip. <laughs> <sighs> wow. All right. That's right. Zach, what about you, though? Triumph or fail to kick off your new year? I have a triumph. We we spent a week up north. Like, uh, going up north means uh, the northern part of lower Michigan, if you're a Michigander in particular. So we drove, like, three hours northwest to stay at an Airbnb with some friends of ours and their kid for three days and then drove further north about an hour to the the coast of Lake Michigan to stay with different friends for a couple days. So it was a week away living with two different families. I was kind of dreading it going in thinking like, man, like we're going to get stir crazy. It's going to be too cold. There isn't like so much stuff to do. There also isn't much snow, but it's cold. So like we can, we might not even be able to sled. We ended up having a great time and I actually was able to relax even though there were like kids running around everywhere. And that's partly where my triumph comes in. My family shared a bedroom in both spots for the whole week. So it was all four of us sleeping in one room, which we hadn't done lately and we hadn't done ever for for this long. Not that I can recall, but it was very sweet. My kids stayed up late because it was break. So they both were staying up to like nine or 10 each night, which was fine. Um, And I loved just like hearing their, their cute breathing while they were sleeping. And we all slept pretty well. And the great triumph comes in in the morning because Ami was going to sleep so much later. He was sleeping in pretty late too, some days until like 8.30 with us. But Noah would sometimes wake up earlier, like she would wake up at 7 or 7.30 or 8 or even like 6.30 one of the days. But she's five now and she would just like get dressed. She likes getting dressed right away. My wife does too. They don't like wearing pajamas all day which I don't understand, but she would just like get dressed, brush her teeth on her own, and then just like go out to the main room where there might be a kid from the other family playing or there might just be the adults. 
but she would just like do her own thing and let the three of us sleep. And so she was like totally self-sufficient for the first like hour or two of the day while the three of us were still in the room. And then Ami would wake up, like I said, maybe at like 8 or 8.30. And then one of us would get up with him and leave the room. And then Shira and I had a really nice um, alternative day sleep-in thing, which we hadn't been able to do in a while because you know, we have to work um, or we have to get the kids to school or daycare. But like every day, one of us was able just to stay in bed until like 9.30, which oh felt gosh. just decadent so and just, just amazing. Like, you know, that feeling of like staying in bed until like you're actually like ready to get up. Yes. Like, do you even remember yeah. what, like that's, I, I forgot what that felt like where it's like, okay, I can actually get up now. Like I don't need to stay here any longer. Yeah. And that feeling I get so um, seldom these days and I was able to get it for a whole week, which is part of what vacation is all about. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling decent going into uh, the new year. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I want to, I want to thank triumph. my family for making it happen. Well, on that note, we're going to take another quick break. See you back here for our listener question. All right. It's time for our question which is being read, as always, by the sensational Shasha Leonard. Dear Mom and Dad, our three-and-a-half-year-old is just discovering the power of bad words, including stupid. When he gets upset about a boundary I am setting, like not throwing toys or needing to take a bath, he will say, stupid mommy. I don't know how to handle this. Most of the parenting advice books slash accounts I follow advise the use of logical consequences, which makes sense to me in most scenarios. Like, if you throw your food on the floor, then dinner is over. But what is the logical consequence when a toddler uses hurtful language? We've tried talking about it during a calmer moment and explaining that words can be hurtful. We also have tried some completely illogical consequences, which haven't worked either. I think the best thing to do when this happens would probably be to ignore the behavior so that I'm not making the words even more powerful with a big reaction. But this is really hard to do especially when he says stupid mommy or stupid daddy in front of other people. Any ideas? Thanks so much. I love the show. Bad with words. What say you, Jamila? Well, I'm curious to know what the completely illogical consequences were. <laughs> I really wish that you had elaborated for us um, on that. But uh, this is relatable and common. You know, kids pick up words around this age and they get fixated on them and they want to repeat them over and over. My mom loves to tell the story of me hearing some, you know, maybe teenagers or guys in their 20s in the park cursing one day. And the next thing she knew, I was just saying, shit, 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 over and over again. I was very delighted by it. You know, I think it's, Time for some logical consequences, you know, even though those aren't always easy to maintain with three-year-olds. But, you know, that when an, a mean word is said, that that's the end of the game or that's the end of playtime or we're going to take a timeout. I'm such a timeout person, you know, like hey, we've talked about this before. And again, I know you've already had this conversation, but you'll have to keep having it, you know, that like words can hurt people and we have to be very careful what we say, just as we have to be careful with our hands, you know, because I'm sure they're already aware that if you... um put your hands on someone in a mean way that it'll hurt them, that words can do just the same thing. And except for you can't see the injury, 
you know, so it hurts, but you don't, you know, you can't see where you've hurt somebody, but just know that you've done it. Oh my God. Something my mother told me, maybe a little bit too traumatizing because I took it very literally. But when I was not, I guess around the same age, she told me that every time I hurt her feelings, a little piece of her heart disappeared. Mm. And I had this visual of my mother's heart just like being gone and it mm. being my fault, you know, but I took it somewhat seriously, you know, um, obviously not too seriously, because I guess I had gotten to the point where I was like, wait, I think we're in danger of the heart disappearing here. <laughs> You know, but I thought about it a lot. Um, I think what would also be really helpful is to find a book or two about the topic. I found a few cute ones. Um, little Bird's Bad Word, which is a picture book about a little bird named Little Bird who learns a bad word that he loves so much he wants to share it with all his friends. And his father has to talk to him about the fact that this word is going to be hurtful. There's also Elbert's Bad Word and My Mouth is a Volcano. And I can't believe you said that from the Best Me I Can Be series. Um, I would definitely uh, suggest getting a book or two. I think sometimes mm -hmm. it helps kids understand that these are not just things coming from mommy or daddy's brain, but that like this is real. Other kids are dealing with this. Other families are dealing with this. But again, those consequences should matter. So if you say stupid mommy while we're playing, you know, tea party, then the tea party is over for now. What do you all think? I'm going to disagree a little bit. I think it's really normal for kids to switch from expressing their anger through using their hands to using their words. And so on the first hand, you should like celebrate that perhaps you are over that first bump, right? Like that they're now no longer going to hit or that's going to be less, but instead now they have found the power of their voice. I hesitate to give like a consequence to a three-year-old, almost four-year-old for something like stupid, because I worry that that gets confused then with telling them that their anger is bad. Because what they're doing is using this word to tell you, I'm super angry. You know, kids don't do things the first time we ask them to do things. And so have you provided the right instruction when they are calm to let them know what to do when they feel this way? So to me, when your child says, you know, you're stupid or stupid mommy, you know, the first thing you need to do is be like, this is not personal. Like, do that internal check-in. Like, they they don't actually think I'm stupid. They love me very much. This is a moment where I need to be calm and understand that they are the one that is angry. And then saying like, okay, I see that you're angry. So now we're going through that normal toddler anger stuff or preschool anger stuff. You are super angry because I, you know, said we had to stop playing. And that is really frustrating, now, listen, I don't always do this perfectly. I always want to cage that to say, like, when my kid is like, mommy, 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 it makes me really frustrated and I want to yell or lash out. But I try to think in those moments when we tell them, stop playing, we have to go. It's the same thing, right? Like, we have annoyed them. <laughs> and so can you say, like, hey, I, I know that this is really frustrating. You are really angry. Unfortunately, we have to go or it's time to stop playing or whatever. And then when they are calm, I think is a time to have 
Jamila, like you're like what you're saying, this conversation comes then. Like not mm-hmm. in that moment in terms of a consequence, but saying like when you say those things, it hurts me and it makes yep. me feel sad. Like I think this is where reading those books, right? Because the advantage of books is that you're addressing these topics outside of the moment when it's personal for them. That it's like, hey, this time that we share together reading, we're reading about this thing we're going through, and then we can employ those steps. But I just think that in the moment, you need to think, this is not about this word. This is about that they don't know what to do with this this feeling of anger. And so can I give them a name for what they're actually feeling? Because, uh, you know, anger is a secondary emotion. It comes from feeling something else, like you Mm -hmm. are sad that you're stopped playing, or you're frustrated that you had to stop playing, or whatever that boundary is. Letting them know that you're going to continue to enforce the boundary. And then when they're calm, letting them know that this is why we don't use language like that. And it's hurtful. The big thing is like, just not freaking out. Like that's, that's gonna make them do it more. Um, and like you were saying, Elizabeth, just like, even if your your feelings aren't actually hurt, which, you know, hopefully they, they aren't when you get called stupid, but just be like, maybe even a little bit performatively, like, that really hurts my feelings when you say that. Did you know that? Like, did you know that you were hurting my feelings? Um, and just to do it really calmly, because that can also help to just kind of lower the temperature of the moment. So that has worked for us to some degree. But also, if it just persists, sometimes I just like ignore it and walk away. And I'm sure you've tried that too. But I think like the big thing here is like they're onto a new phase. And this this too is a phase that as long as like you're not modeling this behavior, which I'm sure you're not, this is going to pass too. And then it's just like completely normal. When they get to be preteens, I think some of this comes back, right? Like the power of words and they're not using stupid. They use other things when they're angry. They say things that they know are hurtful because they feel hurt. I don't know if you, like we are definitely starting to see some of that with Henry, just like he knows the power of his words and he doesn't have to use stupid anymore he can like say things that he knows is hurtful but i feel that we have laid the groundwork that when he is calm he knows how to come back and repair the relationship right and he knows that i still love him even if he says these things in this moment of anger and i mean just before break we were all talking about how we have those moments still where we lose our cool with our kids because it's just annoying oh yeah Um, of course and i think in many ways like this is kind of the first instance of that we have to be the ones to show them you know what the consequences to that are in terms of like our relationship but you don't necessarily do that with a with a physical consequence that is like the work on the heart that you have to do and that work is just like hard well bad with bad words please let us know how it goes also we are actually curious about the logical consequences that you mentioned (laughs) Mm -hmm. so you can let us know what those were. If anyone else out there listening has dealt with this, let us know how you did it. Send us a voice memo or a note to mom and dad at slate.com. That's also where you can send us any questions of your own. And that's it for our show. Don't forget to join us Monday. And while you're at it, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Christy Taiwo Macanjula. For Jamila Lemieux and Elizabeth Newcamp, I'm Zach Rosen. Thank you for listening. All right, Slate Plus listeners. So a lot of us parents with school-age children are coming off of winter break, uh, or we might still be on it. My kid doesn't go back till next week. And we thought we'd check in and compare notes about how it's going or how it went. So, uh, 
Did y'all get up to anything that felt novel or just helpful in this this time off? The only thing I'd say that was helpful is that I took off most of Naima's break time myself. Mm. She's She gets three weeks off. She spent a week with her dad. They went to Egypt. It was very cool for her. Um, but that first week, she was with me most of those days. And usually, you know, I mean, I did have some work to do. You know, I couldn't completely go the whole week without working. But for the most part, I just kind of took off and was present for her. We watched movies and we played Barbies and gave each other facials and just had a lot of fun. Um, Mm. And generally, you know, usually I call myself still trying to work, you know, and do things around the house mostly when she's got that downtime because I'm like, it's not downtime for me. And it just really doesn't work. You know, I'm not terribly productive. I can't say I'm getting much done, you know? So I just gave in. We'll see how this week goes. She's going to be with me through Wednesday during the day and then do Thursday and Friday during the day with her dad. Um, Can we just talk about how long these breaks are, though? Like So long. Three weeks is a really long time for any family to have to figure out childcare, you know? Like, if... Mm -hmm. Folks work in offices, you know, have deadlines and things that can't be moved. Like, I don't know. I I, I know that teachers deserve three weeks off, but right. oh boy. It is a long time. One of my friends was posting something about like real time off versus like paid time off. And this idea that like the, the company itself would say like, okay, well, this is two weeks of like real time off. Like we're not sending emails. We're not do like the company as a whole is taking a break it's not that you're off but but things are still chugging forward but like to really take that break and be present with your families um so that you don't come back with you know 500 emails in that you haven't looked Mm -hmm. at and that need addressed feels like a pipe dream but (laughs) sounds nice yeah I had family in town, so I utilized them as much as possible to try to get the kids that, like, one-on-one time that I think in our house is so often craved because, you know, it's usually three-on-one with me during the day or maybe three-on-two on or, you know, sometimes when we are homeschooling with our other family, <laughs> six kids and two adults um, with the other mom. And so I just really tried to to set up situations where, like, Henry and my mom could like work on a puzzle together, which is something they really like in a room without other kids, right? Like um, my dad could play chess with Teddy. Like he just wants to play these chess games, which is sometimes hard if I'm managing two other kids. You know, I might sit down and play with him or Jeff will play with him, but we have other kids kind of running around. So just taking advantage of trying to get each of the kids to do their stuff. Jeff took Teddy skiing. He is our, we, we like to go skiing. I don't ski, but the kids like to go skiing. Jeff likes to ski, but Teddy is like the most enthusiastic. And so we just thought like, okay, this is a really easy time to like have the two of them go up with another set of friends um, to go skiing another dad and his daughter and the four of them had a great time skiing together without having to worry about like where the other kids are and who is having yeah. a good time. And like, cause Teddy is like the sitting at lunch, like, you know, like, when do we when do we hit the slopes again? And so often we're kind of like, well, we can't because so-and-so doesn't want to go or that, you know, trudging in your boots, like all of that. They had a great time. I also save up, like, we get a couple subscription boxes of crafts and stuff. And I try to save those because I think they're so great for these break times, particularly when, like, my parents and sister are in town. They're, like, really easy to hand them a box and be like, 
can you do this with the kids, right? Like everything is there. They don't need anything from yeah. me. It all comes in the kit and all they have to do is kind of supervise the activity. Um, which again, I just sometimes don't have the time or energy to like really dive in with them about it. So they, they had a great time with all of that. And then of course, as soon as they left, <laughs> we got on a plane and went somewhere else. <laughs> so, so I, of course you I did. dealt with it by how did I deal with the third week by leaving? <laughs> there you go. We too did a, a good amount of crafts. And by we, I mean, Shira and, um, my, our friends, uh, parent who was traveling with us she actually brought um this crafting project up north where we were where it's like um you kind of just cut a metal hanger um and open it up and then you can like string beads on it and like feathers and various strings and it's like just this kind of like cool thing just to hang up when you're done with it that kept the kids busy for a couple hours we also uh broke in our buddha boards which um elizabeth you recommended to me at at one point that's that's the really basic just board that comes with a paintbrush you just add water and it just disappears after a little while so it's like no cleanup really chill and actually ami um and noah both got into that we watched uh, a lot of movies and maybe most uh, one of the most exciting things that we did um noah my five-year-old and then our friend's five-year-old who was traveling with us we started our first chapter book we started james and the giant peach oh, which wow. i don't remember being so goddamn scary oh there, um, yeah <laughs> like i was i was kind of live editing as i read but in the i mean the first page james's parents get eaten by a rhinoceros oh no um and by the third page his evil ants are literally beating him beating those are the the language used so i had to change that so i was like whoa however that dude could write it is so evocative and weird and beautiful and so with just some adjustments um we're through like 30 pages but this is very exciting for us that we have a book that she's following the story um that we're going to read it kind of night after night that there aren't there actually are a couple pictures but not many this was big i didn't i kind of brought the book up north not actually thinking it would work and when it did it was very exciting can i say that any read aloud i think you're like when you start reading aloud to your kids (laughs) when you realize like oh gosh books in general are really scary like things you never Mm -hmm. thought about because you didn't remember that part but i that was like my first takeaway when we started really doing read alouds was like oh boy like can they handle this and then just realizing that there's something so different about reading the words and versus like them seeing a movie in which this happens Mm. and how Mm -hmm. each of your kids like interpret and picture what's happening because to us beating is like something we've seen right we've like seen it in movies we've seen it in but like to kids what does beat you know like you could beat a Mm. drum you could beat so just just Mm -hmm. kind of realizing like oh gosh they can take a lot more in these books and this is a good like introduction to some of that stuff that we've sheltered them from than they can in like a more visual or or real form mm-hmm. i mean i did replace beating with getting so his aunts got him um yeah. i don't know if that's any better but i replace words all at, like sometimes because i'm kind of reading ahead i'm like oh don't really want to talk about this today <laughs> <laughs> for another day. yeah for sure all right, do you guys, I know, Jamila, you said you have one more full week. Zach, do you have another full this week? This is the last week. Um, and fortunately, 
Noah is at her aunt's house today. I'm going to take her tomorrow. She is going to take her Thursday and then she's going to go to a friend's on Friday. So it actually worked out nicely. Um, though she did start complaining about her ear again today. So she might have another ear infection. Oh, no. Um, yeah, we're a, we're a week away from going back to school. And if you all are in the same boat, I hope you're making it. Hope you're surviving. Hope you're finding a way to have some fun. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back here on Monday. And be sure to join us on Thursday for another bonus segment. Bye.